Hello, my name's Richard Hayward and welcome to my podcast where we look at the Psalms in the Bible. Today we're having a look at Psalm 15. My mum will be doing the reading of Psalm 15 and then my mum-in-law will be doing our other reading which comes from Revelation chapter 5. Today we look at the question, who is worthy? As always with these podcasts, I pray that it will be a time where you can stop and be still and be aware of God's presence in your life. Psalm 15 Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbour no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honours those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah the heir to David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represented the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out to every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again and heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. 
And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang, Blessing and honour and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. beautiful sunny day and I hope we have many more of these. <laughs> Psalm 15 and uh, Revelation chapter 5 we're looking at today. David starts this psalm with two questions. God who may dwell in your home and God who can live with you? your home. David then goes on to list out a series of attributes or requirements that would need to be fulfilled or be present in someone that can live with God and they are as follows. They are someone that is blameless, righteous, a truth speaker, doesn't slander, doesn't do wrong to a neighbour, doesn't gossip, doesn't despise, someone that honours those that fear God, is a promise keeper even when it hurts, does not change their mind, lends without requiring interest and does not accept bribes. David concludes by saying that whoever does these things is in, has got a ticket to live with God. Our second passage from Revelation, it too starts with a question, doesn't it? A mighty angel has to ask this question. Not just your average run-of-the-mill angel, but a mighty angel. You'll have to forgive me, I'm not up to speed on my angel classification. I can't tell you how many rankings of angels there were, but suffice to say, this one was mighty. I don't also know whether this angel knew what was coming, whether he or she had been told about what was going to go down, a plan for the afternoon, an order of service, a list of hymns and songs that would be sung, a set list maybe, or whether this angel had just been chosen and told to make an announcement at the last moment. I digress. That is often how my mind works, full of diversions and digressions, if that is even a word. But this mighty angel asked this question, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? In fact, never mind the breaking of the seals and opening the scroll, who is worthy to be able to go up to the one that sits on the throne and take something that he is holding in his hand? Who is worthy to get that close to the one on the throne? Of course, we mean God. This passage in Revelation is full of amazing imagery. 
and I encourage you to look at it and to study what that imagery uh, may mean. But none more so than the image that we get in verse 6. When we get the description of the Lamb, it says that the Lamb was on the throne looking as if it had been slain, still with the battle scars. This Lamb is Jesus, the only one who is worthy of taking the scroll from his Father and opening it. The only one who is worthy of praise. And if we take the questions that we are asked in Psalm 5, that David asks in Psalm 5, we can use them as attributes of Jesus. Jesus is someone that is blameless, righteous, a truth speaker, someone that doesn't slander, someone that doesn't, will not, and will never do wrong to a neighbor. Jesus is someone that doesn't gossip, he doesn't despise. Jesus is someone that honors those that fear God, is a promise keeper, even when it hurts even when it hurts. Jesus is someone that does not change his mind. He gives without interest. He does not accept bribes. Jesus keeps a promise even when it hurts. The most amazing news in all of this is that Jesus did what Jesus did on the cross. He did in obedience to his Father and out of pure love for you and me. So that whoever, and by whoever I mean you and me, confesses with our mouths or says it out loud is another way that Jesus is Lord as Romans chapter 10 verse 9 tells us and believes that God raised Jesus from the dead will be saved whoever you and me there is so much that we could say about this passage this passage in Revelation and this passage in Psalms there are so many routes that we could take. And my prayer is that as I was writing these notes, that God would lead me down the path that he wants me to go down as I'm speaking these reflections. The common question that is in both Psalm 5, sorry, Psalm 15, and Revelation 5 is who is worthy? How many times have you or how many times have I taken on the role of judge of someone's worthiness? Maybe because of what they wear, 
it's not standard. It's too short, it's too long, it's too provocative, it's a bit weird. Because of their job. They work in a bank, so they must have lots of money. They work as a cleaner, so they must be struggling. They don't have a job, so they must be untrustworthy. Because of where they live. They live in a massive house. They live in the rough part of town. They live in a van. They're homeless. Because of their lifestyle. They are living together but aren't married. They are gay. They don't have children. They've always been single. They live with their parents. They're divorced. Because of their faith. They don't go to church anymore. They're the pastors. They talk in tongues. They don't talk in tongues. Because of how they worship. They dance. They make too much noise. They never stand up. They never sing. They use tambourines. They only sing old hymns. They only sing the new songs. These are just a few of the examples, but I'm sure you can think of thousands more. How many times have we tried to be God and judge someone else with the limited information that we have about that person? This book, I have it in a tablet form here, but you may have it as an actual book with pages made out of paper. The Bible. It's not just a busybody's handbook. In fact, it isn't a busybody's handbook and should never be used as such. It's not for us to use to judge someone else. It's not a means by which we can grade someone else's life. And while we're on this subject of what this book, the Bible, scripture, isn't, nor is it about learning what is the bare minimum that we need to do in order to qualify, in order to think that we are worthy. I like watching the qualifying laps of the Formula One motor racing, Grand Prix. And the qualifying is always divided into three sections to determine the starting lineup for the actual race the next day. In Q1, well that's what people in the know call it, but that means the first session of qualifying, everyone is there. Everyone gets a chance to put in their fastest lap. Those that are at the top, the fastest, they go through to Q2. Those that are at the bottom end, the slowest, they take up the last places and get knocked out in qualifying one, take up the last places for the race the next day. In qualifying two, they do it again. They take the remainder group and they whittle it down to 10. And then in Q3, in the last qualifying session, those 10 battle it out to see who's going to be in first place, second place, third place, down to 10th place on the starting grid. Q2, the second qualifying, is always the bit that I find interesting. And you often hear commentators say things like, ooh, unlucky, 
he just missed out on getting into Q3. Oh, wow, that was so close. He got in by one one thousandth of a second. Are you, am I, reading the Bible, trying to find the loopholes so that we don't have to do stuff? So we do the bare minimum to get through qualifying. Are you, or am I, reading the Bible to find the loopholes that allow us to live the way that we want to live? Are we trying to find the bits of scripture that fit with the lifestyle that we are living rather than fitting our lifestyle into the way that scripture is written? Are we reading scripture with the motivation of understanding what is the bare minimum that we need to do to get in, to get to heaven, to qualify? Are we reading scripture to see what our neighbour or our friend or the person at church or our work colleague should be or shouldn't be doing? Let me just add there, there are times where God points us to scripture that can be beneficial for us to share with someone else. And I'm not saying that we should never share and we shouldn't be accountable to each other. I'm talking about our motivation at the moment. So let's go back to that question that both the Psalm and Revelation asked, who is worthy? There's a very simple answer for you and for me when we ask who is worthy. No one is without Jesus anyone is with Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Those really are the only questions that matter. Regardless of where you have come from, what has happened to you or what you have done, where you live, who you live with, how old you are, whether you are straight or gay, whether you are young or old, regardless of nationality, regardless as to whether you are male or female or other. That does not matter. Let me, let me repeat, it does not matter. As a starting point, the only thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus. Are you worthy? Am I worthy? No. Not even close. No one is. Everyone has missed the mark. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that pretty plainly. Everyone has done wrong and missed the mark. Here's the good news again. Anyone that confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes that he rose from the dead will live forever in the presence of God and join that multitude 
that we hear John describing in the latter parts of the chapter that was read to us a moment ago. I invite you now to stop and listen. If you can hear God talking to you right now, in this moment, then I invite you to listen to his voice. And I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I am sorry for going it alone. Jesus, from the depths of my heart, I say out loud that you are the Lord of my life. Help me to put that into practice in every part of my life and in every day of my life. Jesus, I believe that you lived, died and rose again as a sacrifice for the stuff that I have done wrong in my life. Jesus, be my motivation, be my light, be my bread, be my water, be my everything. 